what's up what's up highness queens we are back with another episode of bluntly black girls and i'm super excited because it is officially well i'm recording this intro the day before this releases but it is officially black history month and even though it's the shortest month of the year it's obviously like one of the greatest months of the year you know i only i can't really say the greatest because august is the greatest because duh my birthday but it's definitely like top three so there's that anyways um i just knew that i had to start off black history month with a bang i just kind of wanted to start off with a bang and so i went and got my my uh bay area cistern uh from 87 months her name is Evelyn and she is somebody who has been directly impacted by the war on drugs um a highness queen who was incarcerated for 87 months for weed she never even smelled touched saw any of that had to sit had to sit it down okay so me and her talked about her story. We talked about um, consuming cannabis on our personal timetables. We talked about delegating as an entrepreneur. And of course, how she ended up across the country in federal prison, but then turned that into a billboard her mom is and can be proud of. Uh, it was a dope ass conversation. We had a lot of laughs. And it was really nice to talk to somebody, you know, from home and that you could like describe, oh, you know, this place over here, you know, that place over here. So that was really good. And Evelyn is just like a really good time. She has a great vibe, great energy. You'll hear me say that through the episode a few times because it's just that like she's just like that great. So sit back, listen to the episode. Let us know what you think. And we also talk about uh, Biden's uh, pardon that uh went into effect end of last year and i would really like to know your guys's opinion if it has changed after you hear from evelyn or if it is still the same what your opinion is like let's just talk about it um yeah i think that's it I, let's get into this episode let's let's get high and get into this episode <laughs> And, okay, well, before I get into that, let me go ahead and introduce who came to smoke with me today. I'm super excited, um, because I was going to say, you're also in the Bay, so I got, like, we like family. Yeah, are you in the Bay? Yeah, I'm in San Jose. Oh, that's dope. I didn't know. Okay, we got to connect. Yes, absolutely. Sure, for sure. Absolutely. I didn't know you were in San Jose. Awesome. I know I was I was scrolling um and this is like when I had first started following you and I was scrolling through something and I seen something about um Oakland tags and I was like wait what yeah, yeah. <laughs> is this in my backyard <laughs> excuse me yes. and I don't know this lady why <laughs> so I love yeah that's fine because I said 2023 I'm getting out the house people gonna know me yes. you gonna know my name okay so. It, I hate fun. getting out the house, so I give you this. <laughs> like, everything I like is here. <laughs> I hate getting out the house. Like, like I hate 
my right. bed, my TV, my weed, like everything I like is here. It's warm. Right. I don't have to put on a bra. <laughs> it's the no bra. So all last summer I went with like I was like I'm boycotting bras. Like Man. these titties are just gonna hang. <laughs> Man, because you know what? It, your shoulders start hurting, your back start hurting, and I'm like. Oh. I, don't get me wrong. I love my boobs. I remember there was a time where I actually wanted bigger boobs, and I and mm-hmm. I have learned that I was an idiot at that point because girl. Right, right. <laughs> but right. I, my my boobs are like probably my favorite part of me, but mm-hmm. they're heavy, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, there's a lot to hold up and look nice and look sexy and stuff. And look my right, and I'm and mine are like they'll touch my belly button. <laughs> I don't mean, I, this summer I was like, y'all know I got nipples. Look, look, <laughs> I bet if you just boycotted bras, we would be looking exactly the same. That's what if everybody just boycotted bras. Man, because why? Ugh, they're just so, damn. yeah, so yeah, I hate getting out. But yeah, 2023, we have to get out because we got some shit to do. Huh? We got some shit to do. We got some shit to do, and the only way to do it is to go out freaking side. I know. I've 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 done about as much as I possibly can from inside. <laughs> I've milked inside as much as I possibly can, and so I'm like, shit. I guess we now have to venture to the next step. <laughs> Me too. I, this is and I for so for this event, I printed flyers. And I normally don't, right? Because mm-hmm. we just rely on email, mm-hmm. social media, or whatever. So I printed flyers. I was like, Evelyn, you have to go outside. To, to give the people the flyers. flyers. <laughs> <laughs> so, and it's like that, that light bulb moment, like after you've printed them, you're like, oh, they look so nice. I can't wait to give yes. them to people. Oh, shit. I got to give them to people. Go outside. Give them. <laughs> and well, I tried last weekend. I, I like went to First Friday. And uh, the first, like, three people that I tried to hand it to didn't want it. And I was just like, oh, I put it back in my purse. Like, <laughs> what you mean, no? <laughs> but you don't take this flight. I also have to, like, you know, attitude correct before I try again. The Oakland come out real fast. Like, <laughs> but it's just like rude, and I and I have to check myself. Like, I guess there's a couple times where I didn't take a flyer, but mostly for like card reading, like tarot card reading, and mm-hmm. it's because I'm superstitious. But other than that, like, I'll take the flyer from you. Right. Like, I'm not. I may not do nothing with it, but I'll at least take it I'll and like it. seem like I'm exactly. halfway interested as I walk away. That's all you gotta do. Yeah. I'm not asking much, but you know. That was the experience. Welcome going to outside. 2022. Yes. <laughs> My gosh, I can't believe that I'm already about to have to say 2023. It's here. That shit is like, I've been thinking about it all last week. Like, the year's over. It's over. And I'm still processing when the shit got shut down in 2020. Look, it's absolutely fucking insane. I'll you know what? I don't even think I've said who I am talking to yet. <laughs> I I don't think I've even introduced you. Did we start recording? Oh yeah, I started recording. Um, okay. Because this it. has just been such a like immediate connection. Yes. <laughs> I forgot like, hey, maybe the people want to know who we're talking to here. Yes, yes, yes. So let me introduce who came to smoke with me today. It is my girl, Highness Queen, uh, Bay Area companion. 
uh, Evelyn, the weed lady, CEO yes. of 87 Months. She got titles, y'all. Yes. Yes. She got titles. <laughs> Mom, all of that. All of that. And so, wow. <clears throat> excuse me. Why don't you tell us about yourself, Evelyn? Like, so I, I, before I say that, I want to say we're going to get into the whole 87 months and your your story a little bit further. But, you know, tell us about yourself in general and your relationship with cannabis. Yes, yes. Um, titles. So I am the CEO and founder of 87, uh, doing business as the weed lady. Also in 2023, launching uh, Ladies Loving and Living, my nonprofit. It is uh, to reverse the stigma of ladies riding and dying. So no more ride or die. Um, trying to help reverse that whole attitude that we grew up with. Um, and a mom, somebody's girlfriend, somebody's daughter. Um, I think that I'm, how old am I? 37. I think we're getting to the age where our parents are sort of becoming our children. And so it's like one of those like weird places in life right now of, of just trying to, uh, push everything forward and out, um, and still maintain and manage. And so that's where my relationship with cannabis comes in because it's pushing a lot out, uh, feeding a lot and planting a lot of seeds. And really the only thing that is watering me, uh, besides the word of God is cannabis. I love that so, combination. Jesus, Jesus lettuce. <laughs> that's it and like I have to check my own like stigmas the other day because I've been listening to my Jesus music um, and I can't wait to get to the affirmations part but I've been listening to my Jesus music and need, and putting the joint out like you know and the other day I was like listen Lord I love you right and, <laughs> and let's have a conversation to- let's get high and have a conversation sir sir <laughs> that's all he <laughs> wants us to do anyway well, not all, but you know, the big, you know. Right. So I'm not going to condemn myself, you know, like, like not, con- so not separating those two parts of my life. I uh, absolutely love that. I love that you recognize that you were doing something that was counterintuitive to who you are, right? It's something that other people have placed on you and you don't right. even recognize you're doing it probably. But that moment of realization, you're like, wait a minute. We're about to do this together. <laughs> Excuse me. Because the alternative was turn the music off. Right. Right? The alternative was not put the joint out. <laughs> this one wasn't going to happen. So it's, that wasn't do, happen. do we turn off Jesus? And that's just rude. <laughs> and that's just rude, right? I had to check my nuts. And that's when I came to that realization. Like, oh, you're really finna just turn the Jesus music off. <laughs> So, no, I had to keep it on, and we came to the conclusion that we're going to do this together. I love that. That is hilarious, because I, I could actually see myself in that same predicament and be like, huh, well, you know what? What would Jesus do? <laughs> what would Jesus do? He would say, girl, I planted right. it for you. I gave it to you. So He definitely was not going to tell me to turn off the praise and worship. Mm-mm. So when we came to the crossroads, I was like, oh, it feels good to be comfortable in your skin, mm-hmm. right? And like doing what you love to do. So. I love that so much. I think that's such a a beautiful uh, 
depiction of what we're really, I think both of our brands are trying to do, um, really destigmatize and normalize cannabis, um, specifically for black women and, you know, black women in the church don't play. So melding those two things together is a very, uh, it can be like a mind fuck, right? Cause it is. Yes. Right. And so I love that for you. I love that you found that piece and that, and, and I hope it continues because I cannot say that I particularly listen to Jesus music or church music, but I will say I have this happy playlist and my cousin says that it is a very churchy playlist. Yeah. So, and I smoke to that all the time. So I'm just one step away from Kirk Franklin. Actually, I right, think Kirk right. Franklin is on there. See? Yeah. You can definitely smoke the Kirk Franklin. First right. Of all. And it I mean, this plant is for communing. And why not commune with his high self? Why not? And and um for me the music, I just needed something to I I need something to feed me sometimes, mm-hmm. right? And so it's not like and I had to recognize that too. Like you're not at church, Evelyn. You're at home, and you're allowing the music to feed you. Like be comfortable in your space. Um, and so that is my affirmations. Like one of your questions was, mm-hmm. "Do you?" And I don't have any. And I'm letting the music be my affirmations. And so I couldn't cut that off. Like that would be the enemy, mm-hmm. or like the work of the enemy, saying, "Don't, don't listen to that." So yeah, I love that. So. Yeah. Touch so beautiful, so touching. Um, you know, black, you know, as black people, we have so much to combat with, right? Mm-hmm. Like from our traditions and our family and our and, the, being, and those stigmas, right? So, Why I think that any way that you can, like you said, feed yourself, and yep. like you said, the things that are watering into you right now are God and cannabis. cannabis. So. Do not <laughs> deny yourself those things. Those things, yeah. right, right. Um. So I know we talked a little bit about mental health, but I always like to check in with my guests and see okay. how your mental health is doing this week. Um, I don't think we check in with each other enough, so I want to make sure to check in with you and see how's your week been. Right. Um. It's let's it's I'm fighting the urge to be productive this week. Like I'm having to tell myself it's okay to relax. You don't have any fires to put out. Like there's nothing urgent. But and I'm sure you can relate because when we have our nine to five and we've done all this work behind the computer and it's like always something that we could be doing that it's been very hard for me to do nothing and this week my body has been like do nothing Mm -hmm. like get in the bed I've been binge watching the Jeffersons um (laughs) (laughs) like and the Jeffersons have been keeping me really happy um but it's been a and it's been I would say like my mental space has sort of felt like anxious anxious this week in trying to be okay with relaxing Um, i fully understand that yeah yeah because like Like, you hit those moments where you're like 
There's nothing for me to do. This is. A, I mean, there's something. Well, the, yeah, but, but like, you don't have to, right? Right. Now. I don't have to do it right now. But you're fighting yeah. the urge. But just do it. But I'm like, mm, self care is important. Rest is important. is important. Relaxation <laughs> and replenishing. Um, and I love that you're doing it with the Jeffersons. <laughs> Listen, I could talk for hours about the Jeffersons. The Jeffersons are keeping me. But I'm sitting in, I've got a little smoke section in my room and I'm sitting and, I, and I'm just about to hit the joint like three times and go back to, to being a mom and all of this. But I was like, I let her have her phone for an hour. She's not at all worried about me. Like, <laughs> she was going to be upset when I go in there bothering her. I've done everything my email can do. I've done, I was just like, Evelyn, right now you're smoking. You're playing this game on your phone. Take a deep breath. And this is where you're at right now, you know, and be okay with being here right now. And I enjoy the rest of the joint. Otherwise, it's like stress puffing to get back to a busy nothing. Um, but the Jeffersons, baby, like there needs to be a remake of the Jeffersons. The Jeffersons is like, I'm watching it in such awe. Like, like they moved up, they moved out the hood, they got their money up. He's still ghetto. He's still talking shit. And it's like, I am expiring, aspiring to be George Jefferson right now. Like, I love that. George Jefferson is inspiring me. <laughs> I love that. I love watching um, like old time shows with my grandma when I'm out there. And I think we haven't watched the Jeffersons yet, but now I'm going to have to be like, all right, grandma. We're gonna it's have to on it Prime. Somewhere. Yeah. From season one. It's, and it's fucking hilarious. That is, and I remember, like, you know, late at night when you'd be at grandma's house or mom or whatever, and then that's what comes on, Nick at night or whatever. And so I'd watch it every once in a while, but it was never, it was more just to fall asleep. And, you know, I remember Chuckles. I remember little baby Chuckles here and there, but I also was a lot younger, so I don't think I would have been able to fully understand. So it would be interesting to rewatch it now. Listen, you are I like I'm in here laughing out loud in my room by myself. And I'm a old like I watch all the old shows. I watch Bewitched. I've watched every episode of I Love Lucy. Um <laughs> So I'm already in that genre, but the Jeffersons is something different. Like they are like they're doing some mind blowing stuff. Yeah. That's I'm I'm gonna have to put it on. I did go back, you know, when Netflix put all the the old school shows like one on one and girlfriends and yeah, half and yeah. half I did go back and watch most of those I still have half and half but I think I finished Moesha uh girlfriends mm-hmm. and one on one but I feel like it's like that but for the generation before me right right and well, I really see, I loved was... watching them yeah you're going to thank me. You're going to watch the Jeffersons and be like, oh, this is where it's at. I mean, they got grandma on there acting a fool. It's just, <laughs> it's, it's so funny to me. I cannot wait. Well, I'm glad to hear that you listen to your body and you listen to your spirit and you're taking some time to rest because um, I do, it, I think one of the biggest hurdles we as black women have to uh, get over is the superwoman complex is the always doing something, always running and not pouring back into ourselves. Um, and yes, I don't, I, I'm a hustler. So, you know, you know, bear your yep. mentality. We going to yep. do what we need to do, but I'll starve. we exactly, but we have to make sure that there is some type of balance, some type of reprieve for those moments. Otherwise you going to burn out and you can't hustle like you need to. Listen, 
I've been burnt all year. Yeah. I'm burnt. And this is the season of rest. You know, mm-hmm. like December, even my job is slowing down. Everything is slowing. It's like really that time. And so I, I don't know if the years are just moving by so fast, but it's like if my mind is still in like the hustle of August and, the, you know, September is like this is supposed to be holiday season. Enjoy your, your family, eat some good food and take a break. And so that's what I'm mentally, but it's hard because January is around the corner. So then yeah. you're like, it's new year, hustle hard, grind time. Mm-hmm. And so it's, that's, that's where my mental is sort of taking me. It's just like in between how, how do I figure out how to do both or not do anything? Well, I wish you all the success in finding that balance for yourself and whatever that looks like for you. Um, mm-hmm. And that you continue to recognize when, because I think that's the key, right? Recognizing like, hey, my body is like, girl, sit down for a minute. Just like, just just a few minutes. Mm-hmm. And recognizing that and then following through and that way you're able to get back and do what you do. Because, I mean, you, again, tight toes. <laughs> okay, you got stuff to dip. <laughs> I'm doing a lot. Yes, yes, yes. yes. So, uh, what are you smoking? Because I see, I know that it is, don't tell me, Glass House. That's the bottle. Okay. That's not what's in there. Okay. Oh, you're like me. Recycle, (laughs) reuse. (laughs) Recycle, reuse. I am, I still get my weed from the weed man. So, um, I rarely shop in the dispensaries. And when I do, it's not for weed. It is for everything else. My edibles, my cocoa tea that I love, uh, my potly sriracha. But I am still, and I'm trying to get better because I'm launching my own brand and I want people to buy my weed out the dispensaries. But um, I am still very, like, much, what did my boyfriend bring me? And that's what's in there. So I don't know what it's called. I don't know what strand it is, but it hits good. Um, I see you rolling it up, and I'm just like, everyone who listens knows I can't roll shit. Uh, Yeah, no. And then, and then I hurt myself. I broke my nail, and it hurts me so bad. I am, you know, I. So you're buying two rolls. Yeah. Yes. We've got to teach you how to roll again. I know. That's what everybody says. And I'm not... I, the hand-eye coordination just don't hit the same. Because... It's like, you just got to get you a couple tricks under your belt. I was like, I, I in my head, I understand what the person is telling me to wow. do. But somehow, that the receptors from my head to my fingers don't match. You got to start with a couple tricks. In, in college, I had that joint roller. Have I you seen one of those? I my joint roller. Exactly. And then uh, my roommate's brother upgraded me from the roller to a dollar bill. Have you tried the dollar bill? Mm-mm. It works very much the same. You you just stick the paper in there, your weed. But you the dollar bill is longer, so you can roll it. It works just like the, the um, joint roller. And then last year, so I've been using that dollar bill since 2005. 2004, 2005, until last year, the homie came over, and I'm going to roll a joint, and I pull out my dollar bill, and he's like, no, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> what is happening? What is happening? And I like, I kept the dollar bill in my stash case, and then 
the tip that he gave me was changed my whole life and made me, I feel, hood official. He took the paper and he crumpled it up. And so it's not so stiff? So it's not as slippery yeah. and it gives you like some grip and some traction. Huh. Changed my life. Well, so I really am very interested in this dollar bill trick because when you first said it, I'm thinking like you're rolling the dollar bill in the joint roller and I'm like, girl, I ain't got that many dollar bills to smoke. No. <laughs> but now that you're talking about it more, I'm I'm getting the idea that the dollar bill is reusable. It's reusable, so you're really just going to stick your paper in there, fold it over, and then you can keep oh. rolling the until the joint in there is, like, perfectly rolled. Like, you're not actually tucking the paper where you only have an inch of paper. You're going to stick the joint in there from the tip and roll all the way till you get to the other tip, you know? Oh. When I come to San Jose, don't worry. I, cause I mean, I am so intrigued now. Cause I'm gonna say, girl, how many dollar bills have you smoked? And is that no. even good for your lungs? Cause there's no. ink in there. <laughs> uh, the, the dollar bill is reusable. Okay, okay. <laughs> I love that. Cause I, I'm telling you, I was so confused. I was like, she, she just burn it. Literally smoking up money. <laughs> No, I'm not smoking. I'm not listening. I'm supposed to be smoking that money. Um, but I typically smoke sativas or something that I can be productive with. Um, I think I, and maybe that's just where life is, but I can't smoke the heavy weed right now that's going to like sit me down. I need to be like, my breakfast is normally weed and coffee. And that carries mm. me through the afternoon. I swear. Starving. We're like sisters from another mister or something because that is literally my favorite thing. Like mm-hmm. I cannot function in the morning without coffee and weed. And weed. And my coworkers when we were in the office, my coworkers knew do not talk to me before I've had my coffee. And I smoke my pen the whole way to work. And then oh, as soon as I get to work, I make my coffee and they knew if this coffee is still here, don't talk to her. Don't talk to her yet. Because yes. the response is going to be a little so bit spicy. <laughs> a little bit spicy. Yeah. So my dude will say, get her her medicine. Because <laughs> uh, fix her. No. Fix her right now. Fix her. <laughs> but do you ever feel bad? Mm-hmm. Like, so just, I feel like I'm not doing my body any justice, right? And so for a second, I was like, okay, you can't start your morning off without fruit. Like the first thing you're supposed to eat is fruit, have a smoothie. But then I'm getting through these days, I'm not getting no work done, I got an attitude. Like the fruit is not helping me get through the day. Mm -hmm. And so like I sometimes I'm like, Evelyn, you've had weed and coffee five days straight and it's bad and I feel bad, but I feel bad without it, you know? So I was talking to um, my cousin, who was actually another guest on a, a different episode, and I was saying the same thing. Like me, it was I wasn't necessarily thinking about it in terms of my body, which I probably should have, but it was more like what other people say, like how you, you can't be protective and you shouldn't smoke first thing in the morning, blah blah blah. And so I was feeling bad, like am I really doing myself an injustice here? And so I tried to stop, and my productivity went down so much. It's so fast. So fast. And she was like, well, then, girl, 
<laughs> do what you need to do. Like, if this is what works for you, fuck what anybody else thinks, fuck what anybody else says. If you're not harming yourself, right, then right. do what you need to do. And for me, what I did start doing, though, because like you said, I didn't want caffeine and caffeine. To, it was more yeah. the caffeine um, to be yeah. the first thing in my body in the morning. So I do leave a glass, a full glass of water next to my bed at night, and I down that first thing in the morning. <laughs> okay. So a full glass of water is the first thing that goes into my body every morning. Okay. And then I have my coffee. <laughs> I'm going to add that to the list yeah. because I, I have gotten to the point now I'll make the coffee and I'll bring the cup of water. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. And see, that's what I would do. And I would never drink that water. <laughs> never drink the water. Nope. Yeah. I used to do the same thing. Um, and so that's why I was like, nope, before I do anything, drink the water. the water and it's good for your body anyways. It yeah. literally will clear everything yeah. out. That's been just sitting overnight, but, okay. um, it also, it also wakes me up a little bit. It's a little bit more of a shock to my system. Mm-hmm. And then you add the caffeine, and I'm like, okay, now I'm, I'm a good. human. Right, yeah, right, right. Because, yes, it's not the weed that's making me feel bad. It's like, dang. Because once you have the coffee, I don't need anything else to drink. I don't really need nothing to eat. Mm-hmm. Like That is my breakfast. That's it. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, there's got to be doing something wrong. Right. <laughs> well, and also because caffeine is a dehydrator, so you do... Mm-hmm. I try and drink water throughout the day, but I know because I drink so much caffeine in the morning, I should be drinking even more. And so it makes right. me, again, feel better that, like, at least this is the first thing I'm drinking. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm adding that. I'm adding a cup of water. Yeah. Let me know how that works out. See, look, we just, we just matching right now. Like, it's synergy. Black, like, yes. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, so I am smoke. I did a photo shoot the other day. And, um, I, again, cannot roll for shit. And so I had my friend roll up some nice-ass blunts for me. Even Whoa. though I don't smoke blunts, these things are, it, they just, it came in a pack called Packwoods. Yeah. And it had some little contraption in there that shows you how you can roll it on your own. And it, like, is a tray and some rolly thingies. Um, but he did it by hand. And I was like, yeah, I could never. I could yeah. never. Yeah. You're going to be like Nick, the next Snoop with a whole blunt roller. Look, professional blunt roller. <laughs> that, I would have no problem hiring that person. Doing that. Huh? Because, look, I don't, I just don't want to deal with it. So, now, but this is from Kaliva. It is chemistry, chemistry 62. I don't even know what that oh. means. But it's a sativa, and that's what I was looking for. Yep. So. And I got everything except for a lighter. There we go. I always lose lighters. It's ridiculous. And I'm sad because I think I'm down to like my last four. And so I need more because these are going to go quick. Yes. I, I, the only reason I just found this one, I, I bought some promo called the wee lady.com lighters. <coughs> I thought about doing those, but I'm very much like, I always want to make it myself because I don't want to pay. But I'm learning that that is a lot of pay in my time. Listen, listen, we could talk. Let's unpack that. Yeah. <laughs> um, because I, my struggle, I'm sure, is similar to yours, is doing everything. I literally like, do, do everything. everything. Do The best thing that I've done for myself this year, 
I hired a social media manager. And do you have one yet? No, it's a dream. It's a dream. I'm about to put you on because I paid someone the first time. She wanted 2000 I gave her 1000 up front. Baby girl didn't do nothing. She did produce some nice pictures. Her pictures and her photography is worth it. I should have done that, right? But I learned early in this uh, business venture that paying folks up front is not really the key. So I have a lady now that I pay hourly. All I can afford is three hours a week. But those three hours, she is doing everything that I just don't have it in me to do. Mm. The newsletter, the post, the scheduling, the post, the Eventbrite, and it is the best money that I have spent so far on this business is having some, like, we've got to learn how to delegate. <coughs> yeah, I, I tell... <coughs> And don't tell make everybody, the first person I will hire will be a social media manager because it's the part I hate the most. And you can, this is the point I'm making, is if you find someone who can do it hourly, you can afford it. Even right. if you only can afford a she, few she's hours. Charging, she's charging me 28 bucks an hour, but she's getting so much done. You know, you like, it, it's 28, it doesn't seem like it's a lot. Right. You know, like, I can't wait until I can afford her for 40 hours right. a week when I have that amount of work. But it is really, like, super helpful. Like, and it took me a second to realize, like, some of this stuff you have to take off your plate. Like, yeah. You That's a, and, you know, I say all this, but I know um, it's going to be a struggle for me. Because I do have uh, control issues. <laughs> um, so, like, especially with something like, that's your baby, right? Your brand. Your your name's attached to it on top of the fact that you put all this work into it. You put all this money into it. And, like, to relinquish that control to somebody else makes me absolutely terrified. But every time I actually do the work myself, I'm like, yo, somebody else can have this shit. <laughs> and you're not really it's also like having to check i'm not relinquishing it because it still has to come back to me before it goes out to the world like you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. so it's really just having someone do the the bones what do they call it the meat and bone whatever they're setting it up for you and then and then you can push it out you can choose not to but it's the best money that i've spent so far on anything that i've done and it's the least that i've spent some money launching this business in, in ways that I should not have spent. I've learned a lot of lessons, but to date, having help has been the best <laughs> money yeah. that I've spent. And having a black girl, because when I'm launching a brand that is targeting and for the benefit of black women, I also had to make sure that it was someone who was a black woman who, who got it, right. you know? So I'm not having to like explain to her what I'm talking about when I'm going after the same audience that Cardi B has, you right. know what I'm saying? Or when I'm going like the lady I had before that I had to like send her, I was like, let me, this is some, some background information on what I'm going after. And I sent her a playlist and I, and I have baby listening to throat baby. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> the point I was trying to make is that, in the world, in this industry, um, we have had to be two people. And so when I am riding through, I just moved to Concord. So when I'm out here in Concord, in the 
non, you know, black neighborhood and I'm blasting my music, I have to make a conscious decision to still do that. I don't have to think about that when I'm riding through the East. I, me and Throat Baby with the windows down is just fine. Mm-hmm. When I get back to Concord, I'm more self-conscious about who I am. I'm more self-conscious about what I'm listening to. And I feel like that's the same for Black like that's that's our experience right and that's our experience in this industry and i want to be comfortable listening to throw baby in this industry or just or or just listening to what i want to listen to right being Uh, authentic being you being authentic and 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 i have the little lady white lady listening to throw baby Uh, (laughs) (laughs) that is hilarious what so What was her response when she when she finished listening to all these songs? Did she have questions? Um, yes and no. <laughs> like her her initial response to me was, "You don't have to sell sex." That was her initial response to me, and I had to go back and explain to her that I'm not selling sex. I'm mm-hmm. not even a sexy being. Like I don't like that's not even who I am. What I am selling is people being authentically themselves. Right. What I am what I am selling is showing up wearing my culture and all of the parts that I love about it. Like I love ratchet music. Like I like I love it. Um it's not my everyday I music. Mean, I listen to my Jesus music too. Um, but I don't wanna have to dial down to meet these these unspoken of standards of the cannabis industry. Like I don't have to do yoga to smoke weed. I don't have to meditate to smoke weed. Like I can pop bottles on the weekends and smoke weed and and like and it and it has nothing to do. Or I have a whole pitch deck. I had to put Cardi in there, Big Lotto in there to show her like these women are not selling sex. These women are sexy. Like that's who they are. That's who they want to be and it's not for the benefit of the the world. It's it's for them. And so she had she learned a lesson. I was gonna say because that response would be like, oh, you obviously didn't get it. You didn't get it exactly. You so I hired a black didn't. lady. Yeah. You got it. You obviously because no, you just want to sell sex. No, I want to sell cannabis to my people. To my people, and this is what my people like. Yes. Yes. And it doesn't matter that I like all, like, like, like you've met me as a person and you're like, oh, Evelyn likes, she's got a house full of plants. Evelyn goes to yoga. Evelyn, yes, Evelyn does all of those things. But my favorite thing to do is to go to the club and pop a bottle. Right. <laughs> Check my ass. Right. <laughs> Get a little ratchet in here. And smoke my weed. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's a process for us building authentic brands in this industry. That's why I love and was so happy to join this conversation with you because uh, your your media platform represents. I, I share your pictures every time you post it because it represents exactly what I want the wee lady to represent: uh, black girls consuming. Because we've a culturally have always accepted this plant, right? Like we've grown up around this plant. We don't have any stigmas about this plant. This plant doesn't make me feel any kind of way. And we're shoppers, mm-hmm. right? Like Cardi B got people buying Birkin bags that can't afford Birkin bags. Like we are going to go shop when we don't have it. <laughs> um, so realistically, we're the most comfortable uh, demographic 
that can shop in the dispensaries because we're already comfortable with the plant. We're not afraid of the plant. We're not going in there scared to touch the plant and we're not afraid to spend money. So how is that when we walk into a dispensary, there's nothing for us. There's nothing that looks like us. There's nothing that screams. I've been smoking weed my whole life. Mm-hmm. Right? right? Like we got to go in there and either get the stoner shit or the stuff that is marketed towards men, cute little women. Cute little white women too. Oh, they yeah. got a little, they got a little patch of cute little white women, you know. The uh, I call it like the festival. Yep. Girl. The Coachella crew. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because you know, I wonder, like you say, what would, how many more uh, black women, especially older black women, would you see in a dispensary if they saw themselves in a dispensary? Because I know that's one of the the biggest stigmas in terms of the generation before us, at least from my point of view, like my mom and my aunts and stuff, they've smoked their entire lives, but they don't want anybody to see them smoking. And so I feel like if we could break down that wall of it doesn't matter, it really doesn't matter. And you can be a smoker and be successful. You can be a smoker and raise a family and do all the things that we do every fucking day okay. and honestly i think it helps us do it better i couldn't imagine raising a family without it yeah so <laughs> i mean i i don't have kids but i can't imagine my mom trying to raise me without it like shit <laughs> so impossible. right so uh <clears throat> that is absolutely i would love to see the weed lady in a cannabis club and my mom's like, hey, that looks like me. Or like, hey, that looks like my girlfriend. Or, you know, and yep. like just feel comfortable because she'll go with me now, but it's, she's still like ducking and hiding in the car a little bit. Only reason right, she's not right. ducking and hiding anymore is because they didn't move to Reno and don't nobody know her out there. So she ain't got to worry about running into people. But when they were still out here, because the, the, the club was down the street from the church. And matter of fact, there was there was two clubs down the street from the church and one was a lot closer. I was not allowed to go to that club because it was close to the church. Yeah, and people at church knew me and knew I was her daughter. They knew my car right. and knew I was her daughter. So she's like, No, you better not ever go there. Because <laughs> we, we have to deal with the church as yes. black women in yes. general. Like it's there, it is it is a prominent figure of the family and life. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. you better not take your in there. We had to go to the sister store that was like tucked behind some like auto shop places. Right, that, right. That's where we're, that's where I was allowed to go. <laughs> and even there, she's still, like I said, hiding in the car, looking around before she get out the car. I was like, good Lord, woman. But she gonna smoke with you. Right. When we get back to the house, she's smoking as much right. as me. That's <laughs> just a mess but yeah i love i love um that vision and that that goal i think it's going to be a beautiful thing when it does come to fruition because it absolutely is um we like i said we got work to do and we gonna do it and we're gonna do it and we've been ignored in the space like Mm -hmm. it's crazy to me that we've been ignored in the space when 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 not only were we the group of people planting the seeds for this industry to be what it is right but it's like 
you're looking at the people who've been consuming for the longest and saying that they don't have a space in the industry. And that's like crazy mm-hmm. to me, you know, but it's like, you don't launch. Well, they did at first, but they came to their realization, but it's like, you don't launch Nike and not call in the athletes. Mm-hmm. I like that analogy. You don't launch weed and not call in and not call in. I don't, I don't want to use the word that I want to use to reference us. But, <laughs> and not call in. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so we here we are. Lines, so in. treat us like it. Right. Here we are calling ourselves in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is what we do. Mm-hmm. It, it's what we do. And, you know, I, it sucks that we uh, have to work 10 times harder. But at the same time, I'm ready to do the work mm-hmm. because the reward is worth it. Yeah. Yeah. I hope. With all of those beautiful emotions and visions said, let's do our high blessings because mm-hmm. I'm feeling very uplifted right now. Um, I think I'm going to start like always taking a puff before I do my high blessing because that just feels spiritual to me. Um do you want to do yours first, or would you like me to do mine? We're talking about the affirmation, right? <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> okay. So this is the thing. I don't have any affirmations. And I looked at your question, and it made me feel bad about myself. Oh, no. Because the affirmations that I did come up with that I repeat to myself daily, I repeat, um, chase the treasure, not the map. Um, and I repeat... Uh, or when I, when I need to is God didn't bring, bring me through that to not, uh, have, you know, a blessing at the end of it. But I realized that those affirmations were not speaking to my greatness, but speaking to more work that I have to do. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, and so I, I looked at your question and was like, okay, you need to find something that speaks to the greatness that is already in you. And I don't have one of those. Um, well, but so, so look, look, this is what we're going to do. We just going to yep. flip the ones you have around. We just got to reorder the words a little bit. Okay. So, um, and first, firstly, I do not want you to feel bad. <laughs> do not feel bad. Honestly, uh, a huge reason why I include this, uh, or I decided to include this when I was coming up with the show is because I was terrible about affirmations. And right. the reason you're terrible about them is because we don't do them. We don't practice them enough. Um, and so this was like my way to force myself um, into mm-hmm. affirmations. Um, also going to say that there's an app called I am, and I, I, I get no sponsorship from this. So uh-huh. I've, good. yeah, right. I've mentioned it before. It is literally, amazing it, it will send you automatic notifications of different affirmations throughout the day and i think i have mindset to like five or six times a day and they always hit when they're supposed to well i mean sometimes i look at them like okay nah, nah. Uh, yeah. but when i really need something i always receive a message okay. um so if you can look into that i think it's like 20 bucks for a year mm-hmm. um so i was like yeah sure take my money um take my money i need it <laughs> but that really helped me to be able to come up with my own affirmations that really were more personal Mm -hmm, in the moment. mm -hmm. Uh, But Mm -hmm. yeah, it's my, one of my absolute favorite apps. Uh, I am. 
Okay. Then what was the first one you said? Chase, chase the treasure and not the map. I chase the treasure every day, not the map. Not the map. I, that, yes. It's what you're doing. It is what I'm doing. And you know, I treasure. think that speaks to something else that I've really recognized that a lot of us do <clears throat> is we say that we're trying to do something or or we're going to do, well, that's a little bit different, but getting out of the thought that you're not doing what you're talking about. So like you said, getting out of the thought of that you're not chasing your dream and chasing, you know, or chasing the treasure, but because you are. So if right. you just make that an active statement. I chase the treasure, not the map. Right. And like, and that, that feels right. That feels really empowering because when you said it at first, I was like, Ooh, I like that. <laughs> I like that because, mm-hmm. the, and, and I like that. It's not just like I chase the bag, which is nothing wrong with that, but treasure can be so many things. Treasure can mm-hmm. be happiness. Treasure can be joy. Treasure can be family. Treasure can be money and mm-hmm. abundance in that because I mean, we live in the Bay area, so it ain't cheap, but it can be, it's, it's, it can be whatever it needs to be in that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I really love that. Um, I chase the treasure, not the map. Because, girl, you be right. thinking the map go one way, and then you're like, shit. And then you be waiting for, for me, it was like you're waiting. Like, the map usually comes from somebody else, right? So in the beginning, I got so caught up in chasing the people who could tell me how to go get or how to succeed or how, right? Like, we could, it's a lot of us, especially with social media, like you're chasing the next person that can teach you how to make a million. And, and those are just maps. But when I've got my, like, eye focused on what that treasure is, just go straight there. You don't, you don't, yeah, sometimes you need some input and sometimes, but if it's on the straight line, like you don't, you don't got to do the door of the explorer map. You don't have to go and get all, you know, it's so I chase the treasure. Um, yeah. And you know, one person's map may not be your map. That's why you had to chase the treasure. Mm-hmm. And, and, I and didn't, it don't I mean there's anything wrong with a map. It's just it's not, not yours. It's not yours. And you don't got to rely on their map. But that's what it was for me is relying on, and particularly a man's map, right? Mm-hmm. Particularly relying on guidance. When I'm the guide, mm-hmm. I'm the driver. It's my car. Like nobody's even paying the car note. Like, how are you paying the car note letting somebody else drive? Mm-hmm. So, Even that me. right there, I think, is a beautiful affirmation. I'm the guide. I'm the driver. Like, mm-hmm. it's my ship. <laughs> <laughs> right. And this bitch bigger than Titanic, okay? <laughs> it is. It is. Yeah, I love that. That's um, very affirming. Very affirming. Yeah. I think I'm going to write that one down. Uh, I chase the treasure, not the map. Yeah. Um, so you'll start? Huh? Yeah, so my affirmation. What was that? I think that was a beautiful affirmation yeah, for you. Good. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, my affirmation is two-parter. And one of these I actually did get from the I Am uh, app. It was, I know what I'm worth, and I refuse to settle for less. Mm-hmm. And then it felt like there was something more to that for me. So I added, I chase my dreams because I know what I deserve. Mm. 
So there's a whole lot of chasing dreams and chasing treasures over here on this call. Like I was the inspiration, ma'am. Of chasing it. Yes, yes. yes. Well, next year, we're not even going to be chasing. Next year is going to be, I've attained my treasure. Beautiful. The treasure is here. It's in my pocket. In my pocket. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and, you know, really, again, that I know what I'm worth and I refuse to settle for less. I know what I deserve. And I have moments where I'm like, even with myself and not necessarily from other people, because, you know, I, I think a lot of the times when you think about I'm not going to settle for less or what I deserve, you're thinking about in relationship with another person. But mm -hmm. with myself, I tend to not tend to be I am my biggest critic mm -hmm. and my biggest enemy sometimes. And. I know that my dreams are worth it. And so I have to make sure that I'm putting in all the work mm -hmm. so that I can reach those dreams because I deserve to reach those dreams. I just need yep. to put in the work to get there. And um, it definitely, I took a rest day yesterday and I really needed it. I was, my body was extremely tired, but all day I felt guilty about it. Mm -hmm. And, um, but I, I, I told myself, no, you are going to rest. You are going to. How many times did you have to tell yourself that? Like though? 50 times. Exactly. <laughs> and, then I, and then I took a nap. So I was like, let's let's take a nap. And then we don't have to worry about reminding ourselves. You can't do nothing with your sleep. Um, and, and so I took a rest, but I felt really guilty about it. But mm -hmm. I know that I am going to get back up today and do the work that I need to do to get where I want to go. And so that at about 10 p.m. finally relaxed me. That is. Yeah, <laughs> finally relaxed me. You know, yeah. I made it through most of the day. There was only a couple hours left, but you know, that's not the point. <laughs> but it was that anxiety. It's what I was talking about at the, at the front of this call of like, like knowing that you deserve the rest day, knowing that there's nothing like on fire, like there's no deadlines tomorrow. I am still feeling so guilty about not being at the computer, mm -hmm. not, not sending out another promo ad or not, you know, like, mm -hmm. but so I'm glad you enjoyed your rest day. And, and hopefully we find a way to not feel guilty mm -hmm. about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That, I'm but. saying that balance is a very, a very fine line for me and I straddle that bitch all the time so um, mm -hmm. and I honestly I truly think it's going to be something that I deal with all of my life I hope not but I hope that I am able to recognize like I did yesterday that I need to rest and take that rest and then I use the other moments to push me as hard as I need to go in those moments because mm -hmm. um, I, I tell my therapist all the time I'm either hyper extending myself or I'm doing mm -hmm. nothing. Right. There's, and feeling bad about the nothing. Right. And then there's no middle ground. So I just want to find that middle ground. <laughs> and then I'll be, I'll be good. I'm sure I'll still be a little bit anxious because I'm still not doing everything. But I'll right. be happy that I'm finally in the middle. <laughs> right. But see that and so uh and that's when you hire you some help. I'm gonna send you her number. But because then I can feel good that I'm resting right now but Shit is still getting done. Right. That's so look. like you bought some of that comfort back for yourself of knowing I am not doing it right now, but I know for sure she's got two posts that are about to go out today and a newsletter is going out at the end of the week, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that makes you feel what's, good. What's that and called? then I uh the Chico, that's the Chico. That's the Chico. 
Mm-hmm. That's what you got to do. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, and then I heard on the radio that most people, it takes them three days on vacation to sink in to the thought of being on vacation. I, so would, that- I would gladly, again, I still work a regular 40-hour job. I would gladly work four 10-hour days so I could have three weekend days. Right. Gladly. But even your three weekend days, you're going to fill up with this. Very true. Very <laughs> right. true. But at least I could, like, I would. I said I would have one day where it's, like you said, work for this, podcast, like, all, all podcasts, everything. Second day is, like, my errands and stuff right. and, like, cleaning and all that. And then the third day, just rest. Just right. rest. Right. And then I'd be able, like, I still would, you know, obviously find some way to be like, damn, I wish I had four days off. But right, right. but I feel like that would be a lot better balance. And I wouldn't feel so stressed on my weekends right, because I'm like, days. fuck, I got to get everything into two days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. But, you know, I have yet to find a job that will afford me that. Another reason why I am eventually going to be an entrepreneur so I can have yep. my four-day week. You think? Yeah, I know. I know. I'm again. We're wishing. We're manifesting. Manifesting. <laughs> because Lord, I know once I become full time entrepreneur, it's gonna be less days yes, off. Yes. But you know, a girl can hope. A girl can hope and pray and wish. <laughs> get get high and breathe in the positive thoughts. <laughs> yeah. I my ideal would be if I can. I told my daughter this yesterday when she goes to college, I'm just gonna leave, right? Like I think vacation should be like a month. Mm. I will spend the other eleven months on this grind. If for thirty straight days I can go outside and do what I want, that I actually sounds high. amazing. I just want to go outside. I just want to be able to go to you. But you got to be able to afford to go outside. So I'll work the 11 to go outside for 30 days. Yeah, see, so. I need more. <coughs> <coughs> yeah, I need more breaks. <coughs> yeah, yeah. So give me like... <coughs> give me like a week and a half every quarter. I'm good. We're doing something. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, and then a week and a half at the end of every quarter, and <clears throat> the rest of those months, I'm like grinding hard because yeah, I, that sounds fair too. <clears throat> my God, I can't talk. Um, long term goals don't normally work out for me. Uh, mm-hmm. I need multiple short term goals mm-hmm. because I am not patient enough. If I if right. I don't see that that return in some way. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. fuck this. Um, so I need a lot of short-term goals. Right, right, yeah. right. But I mean, I say that to say I would never turn down a month-long vacation. <laughs> ever, 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 ever. I really just the freedom to take it. That's right. what I would like, is the freedom to take it. That's key, because I mean, sometimes what if you just don't want to? What if you want a staycation? Yeah, yeah. I just want to be the freedom to say, I'm good for this, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good that. with this right now. <laughs> I love it. I feel like uh, we. What what sign are you? Do you mind? Asking? I'm a Pisces. Really? Yeah. How about you? Leo. Oh, okay. I don't know anything about Pisces because I I don't, I don't meet very many. Okay. Pi- I don't. I don't even know if I've ever met a woman Pisces. 
or like met and talked to and asked like, oh, are you a Pisces? The only one I know is my brother. Uh, the best representation I can come up with of a Pisces is Erica Badu. Which we love her. And love her, right? But just in this, and, and that's probably why I need a month to be free, right? Is that uh, I the way, I think the way that the Pisces shows up in my life is I A, am terrible at making decisions. Like, I don't want anything to stick. I don't want to say something that has to stick. I need all of my shit to be flexible. <laughs> um, that turn that plays out in so many wrong ways in life. Um, but when I see Erica Badu, she's always had that freedom to be whoever she wanted to be. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is what Pisces is for me. It's like being just like a hippie, a gypsy, uh, not tied down, no strings attached. On one end, and then the other end is like white picket fence, husband, two kids and a dog, right? And that's the two fish going in two completely different directions and being happy with either of those results. Mm -hmm. So it like puts you in a place of like constant. Sounds like constant rock in a hard place. Yeah, constant rock in a hard place. Um, But it it allows for freedom and, and but I could see it allowing for a lot of creativity too, because you got to figure out some creative fucking ways to make rock and a hard place work. You, I mean, creative ways. <laughs> hard place. <work. laughs> I be coming up with sometimes. Oh, goodness. Yeah. Um, let's let's talk about that. Let's talk about your brands in eighty-seven months and call the weed lady and all of these things. So. Mm-hmm. You are, (coughs) excuse me, you are a directly impacted person of Mm -hmm. the war on drugs. Yeah. Um, So can you give us like the background of how this all started, what happened to you and what that produced for you now? Yep, and I'll say that you led up to it in the perfect way because it had everything to do with me being a Pisces. <laughs> See, look at you like that transition that I didn't even know I was doing, but I did. Yeah. <laughs> you did. Because I'm a go with the flow and my in my younger years of dating, I everyone, all the guys that I dated all had like the same problem with me. It's just my go with the flow. Like you commitment where nowhere I'm not you know and so um and going with the flow I've I got my ass in prison like that's like no one just gets in federal prison just going I just went with the flow wherever the waves is take me that used to be my saying wherever the waves take me the motherfuckers took me to prison for sure <laughs> it's like wait, wait wait a minute wait a minute waves Wait, and so now I'm driving and chasing my own truck. Like, that is why I've had to, like, put that in my life, that I'm the driver and it's my car. But, like, that's really how it happened. Like, on some, like, some fluke shit, I I land in prison for 87 months. I was, at the time, a junior in college. I was uh, pregnant with my daughter. And in 
the most toxic relationship of my life with my daughter's father. And I meet my co-defendant, Corvain, who is already big trapping, big selling weed. Like, this is what he does. Um, and he's shipping weed from California to North Carolina. And then the money has to come back. And so one day, he's just like, yo, I can drop this money in your account. I can pay you. I don't have to pay Western Union. Here goes, go with the flow as Evelyn. Who cares? Like, I'm not even paying attention. I'm not thinking about consequences. It's weed. It's not like it's anything, you know, and I'm so distracted. I'm in my junior year at a university, Loyola Marymount University. Uh, so I've got my parents who are paying tuition that are looking at me. Now I'm pregnant and then I'm with the worst possible option. Like, I love him now. He's my baby's daddy. But, like, at that point was a terrible person to me. Um, and so, yeah, you can put your money in my account. Who cares? I'm not tripping. So I do that for nine months. I have my daughter, so now I'm more focused on my daughter. I just don't have time to continue this relationship or friendship. So I stop the deposits being made in my account. And four years later, the feds come knocking. I took it to trial. So I got a four-year-old, so she's four when I go to prison. I took it to trial. Uh, uh, my co-defendant, Corvain, also took it to trial. He got life. I got 87 months, and my cousin got 87 months. Um, and went to prison and you get to prison and there's a lot of people who are in prison cause they're like, they've been, they've been a criminal, right? I get, I'm in prison and it's, and I can't even believe I'm in prison. Um, I had done so many wrong things in the trial, uh, put trust in the wrong attorneys, but nonetheless, I sat in prison for depositing cannabis profits into the into my bank account like that's all I ever did was deposit cannabis profits into my bank account um and I sat in prison for five years for that wow on some folk shit like going with the blood and the waves take me where they take me wow not never touching the product never even touching the money Never even, and, and never, uh, I didn't even, I always, I said this in trial, I didn't even smoke this, I didn't even smell this weed, and I have a pot, like, I had no, I don't, I had no idea of, of what, all I knew was, he had a deposit that they were going to drop into my account for $5,000, and at some time, he was going to want it, and I'll go get it for him. I spent five years in prison for a profit, my take home was $14,000. Mm. I spent $14,000 in two months worth of bills. Right. Right. You know, what's 14? Like, right. Especially like, out here. It, out here, that's, that's two months of bills. Maybe two and a half. That's crazy. And then they came back four years later. Four years later, after I had graduated, um, I had moved back home to the Bay because I was in L.A., going to school in L.A., I had moved back home to the Bay with my daughter, um, was working at Marriott as a sales and catering coordinator and had just divorced her dad. I had completely moved on with my life. And this is where we comes in again. So my mom had just moved into this like gated condominium uh, community that we had grew up in our whole lives. My godmom is the owner of the building, but she had just moved in there. 
I had been back at my mom's for like a month, and an old friend hit me up, want to smoke, went outside in their brand new Nissan Z, uh, smoked a, a blunt, and one of the neighbors called the police a suspicious car. So when the police pulls up, it's weed, it's 2013, so it had been medically legal for 10 years already in California. I mean, like, I think it was medically legal in 96, Mm -hmm. so we're in 2013, Um, and it would be recreationally, recreationally legal in 2015, so just two more years, Um, and the neighbor called the police. I was like, yo, we just smoked a blunt. I'm going in the house. He's going home. And, you know, we kind of joked about it. And he ran my name. And there was a warrant for my arrest. I had no idea that there had been a... I had no idea that there was even a federal indictment with my name on it. Oh, my. So, the only... So, what do you do? Right. Oh, my God. (laughs) You want to know what I did? (laughs) Girl. Oh my God! I could not even imagine. That's it's how like you found out. Mm-hmm. Thank God, my daughter had stayed at my stepmom's that night, so it was just it was. And this is karma. It was just me and my mom at the house, and I could have invited him in, but I was being like, uh, "I'm gonna come outside," right? Mm. Should have invited him in. Um, otherwise, the police wouldn't have been called. My mom is not tripping. It could have smoked in the house. I should have invited him in. But I went outside, um, and as soon as he goes, there's a warrant for your arrest, and he starts to put me in handcuffs, baby. Mom! Yep. Mama! 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 Where's my mom? Where's my mom? Time out. Come help me. Save me. Mom! Absolutely. Absolutely. And the officer's like, no, don't tell me no. Like, mom. <laughs> <laughs> I need this lady. <laughs> yep. That actually, you're very right. That and crying would have been the first things that I did. I didn't cry. It, I mean, I, we had just smoked a joint, and I tell you, I mean, a, a blunt. I tell you what, I wasn't high no more. <laughs> done. <laughs> that is absolutely a way to bring down your high. I mean, brought it down, and then. They took me to uh, the jailhouse downtown Oakland. Now, mind you, this is something I've seen since I was a child. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's so, it's like all, like, crazy to me. They take me to the jailhouse. High is gone. I've got a little cop mouth. <laughs> and I, I sit there uh, for the night. And then I sit in Santa Rita for about six nights before I am uh, released on bond. And it takes me a year uh, before they set a trial date. And then October the 18th of 2013, I was convicted on all three charges and sent straight to jail in a North Carolina county jail. Wow. So now I'm on the other side of the country. Right. Going where the wind blew me. Because I was going to say, where did... Were you? Did they keep you here in California or go back to? Was it so? Was it North Carolina who brought the charges? It was North Carolina that brought the charges, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, California attorneys were convinced that this would have been a slap on the wrist had it been in California. Yeah. Uh, I had the prosecutor in North Carolina tell me to my face, 
Um, he was like, I used to work in D.C., prosecuting cases in D.C., but the population in D.C. does not favor law enforcement. So I moved to North Carolina so that I can guarantee myself 100% conviction. Right. Mm-hmm. And that was his way of telling me, you better sign this plea deal. Wow. But I'm from Oakland, and I was like, fuck you. Right. We don't do well with threats, sir. We don't do that, sir. <laughs> you want me to do what? No. So there was no cooperation. I didn't cooperate. I didn't sign a plea. I went to trial. I lost, so it's nothing to brag about, because um, I definitely lost. He definitely has a 100% conviction rate. Um I look for the silver lining. It, mm-hmm. it, it is the reason why I'm, I'm operating in this industry. It's the reason why folks know my name and my story. Um, but it's some fucked up shit when you see how the industry is operating now. Mm-hmm. Right. When you see when you see guys show up to MJ Biz with buy weed from white rich white guy t-shirts on, mm-hmm. you know. And, and you it's just like had to sit down for five years. And I had to sit down, and my daughter had to sit down, and my mom had to sit down. Like, so many people have to sit down with you. Um, and you wasn't even buying it. Wasn't even touching it. Never seen it. I just put the, the money just came into my account. Like, that's literally it. Like, that's literally it. That's... And that same money had been going through Western Union. Did you did you take Western Union down? Mm. That same money had been going through Western Union. I didn't even think Are of you... that. But it's the same money, the same money that's going through Cash App, the same money that's going through Venmo, the same, y'all not gonna never, like, it's the same money. Mm-hmm. So, who it was really responsible? I didn't think it was me. That's why I went to trial. Like, that was my whole, like, I, I didn't think that I was a responsible person. So then they tried to hit me with tax evasion. I'm like, I'm 23 years old. I pay somebody to do my taxes. If I knew that the money needed to be claimed, I would have claimed the money. Like, you're not, you know, you're not talking to a tax expert, mm-hmm. um, but none of that cares. I had a jury of my peers, which were all middle-aged white people in North Carolina. Right. I was going to say, here, peers. And we're discussing amounts of money that they've never seen in their life. A $5,000 deposit was a lot to them. Mm-hmm. A $5,000 deposit in Los Angeles. Is your rent and your PG and E. Right. <laughs> like, that's it. Your rent, your PG and E, your, your car note. So it was also, you know, like that played a lot into it. And my biggest takeaway after being home, because I didn't realize it on the inside, on the inside, they had did their job and convinced me that. I was a criminal. I obviously was a criminal. Y'all gave me all this time. They were trying to give me 24 years. So I didn't sit in criminal. I mean, I didn't sit in prison feeling like a victim of the criminal justice system. And then I got home and was like, oh, that's a fucked up shit y'all did. Mm-hmm. Like, that really wouldn't have happened to the others. Like, y'all really dragged us, y'all. And not only was that some fucked up shit y'all did to me, that's how y'all criminalized the plant in the first place. Mm -hmm. And so once I, like, came home and had those realizations, then it was like, oh, I belong in this industry. Oh, y'all owe me. Oh, I'm about to eat off this plant. Because I was going to come home and go back to the hotels and act like this never happened. Wow. But that's 
And that's the affirmation. That's God didn't bring me through all of that to act like it never happened. Mm-hmm. Do happened. something. You know, you, you went through this and it's, you know, definitely a trial in every sense right. of the word. Of every sense of the word. And now you're on the other side of it. And like you said, you got to find the silver lining. Um, yes. Of course, I'm very sad that that happened to you. Um, and I couldn't even imagine. I mm-hmm. couldn't even imagine. One time in high school, I got in trouble for fighting, and the mm-hmm. police were called to the school, and then they handcuffed me and brought me down, like, outside of the office. I broke, I was so scared, right. like, so terrified, so terrified. The only reason they didn't take me inside was because my mom pulled up at the same time, and yeah. that was just going inside the building. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I can't even imagine... Um, and mm-hmm. no handcuffs I'm, I'm telling you like i and so because you know how therapy works i have not begun to process that damage mm-hmm. right like because the world doesn't give you time like i came home you've got two weeks to find a job or you're in direct violation of your release and i have been working two and three jobs ever since I have not stopped. There's been no break. So you don't get to sort of process that entire five years. So like they don't just handcuff you once you're handcuffed when you got to be transported. I, um, I flew to speak in Seattle a couple months ago and I've always loved flying. And so it brought this memory back up because I've always loved the idea of flying since I was a child, like, it meant I was going somewhere and it didn't matter where I was going. Like, like it was excitement. I want to look out the window the whole time. Even as an adult, I want to look out the window the whole time, but they killed that for me, transporting me on a plane shackled at the ankles, handcuffed at the wrist. And then your, your wrists are then shackled to a chain that goes around your waist. The thought of flying like that and doing and, and having to do it more than once and then you're out there on like this runway you're standing on the runway and and there's like there's SUVs or buses that will pull up inmates will get out we're all shackled so it's like cattle and then some inmates are getting on and so they're transporting human cattle like this on some unmarked airport in the middle of the United States and you're like fuck yo as a child right my mom doesn't even know where I'm at. Mm-hmm. Like, I bet your mom knows where you're at right now, right? Because we operate as adults, but I operate as a child first. Like, my mom, I'm I'm still checking in. Like, she, did you get in the house safe? Did you? And so realizing that you're really, like, out here by yourself, fucking shackled, and, and at the ankles, if, if this plane goes down, you can't even attempt to save yourself. Um. That's those experiences haven't been processed yet. And then you put on top of it that it's for a plant that Glasshouse can put in a little bottle mm-hmm. and make a million dollars off of. Mm-hmm. Excuse my language, but y'all got me fucked up. That's why I still buy my weed off the streets. <laughs> yeah. Y'all got me fucked up. And, it, and it's understandable. Um, and that was, that was going to be the next thing I said is that I, I hope that you 
take whatever time and support that you need to heal from what was done to you because it was absolutely an injustice. It was absolutely um, because you are black and a black woman. Mm-hmm. Um, and because you were not amongst a group of your peers. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm just, I'm just really, really sorry that that, that happened to you. Um, yeah. And, and I truly hope that you are able to heal through it and, you know, healing is a long process. So I don't know if it's something that you yeah. ever heal completely from, mm-hmm. but I hope it's at least something that you can heal through. I had, uh, when I was in Seattle, actually, uh, someone asked me, well, how long did it take for you to, like, get back to normal? (laughs) And I was like, what is that normal? First of all, I'm so far from normal. (laughs) um, And I've given myself this idea that maybe some normalization comes when you've spent as much time home as you did inside and so I haven't even reached if I was five years in I'm only three years out and so I'm hoping at the five-year mark that I don't know some sort of magic relief comes from it um or if nothing else I could afford to give myself that month-long vacation right or you could (laughs) look I think that is a beautiful gift to yourself <laughs> and maybe you earned it. <laughs> so you earned it, right? Yes, right earned it. Right. Um so what you came home mm-hmm. and you found your job within two weeks before they tried to put you right back. Mm-hmm. Um where and when did eighty seven months the brand come in? Yep, it came I would say right at the beginning of the pandemic. Well, no, because I found my LLC in October. So it came, I was introduced into this industry through Last Presenter Project, a nonprofit uh, that uh, does a lot of policy work for the uh, decriminalization of cannabis. So they're fighting for the prisoners that are still incarcerated uh, for cannabis. And so... I was introduced to the industry through them just advocating and spreading the word and sharing my story. Um, And then the realization came that I am sharing my story and their work is awesome. So this is not against them and they are getting donations. I am sharing my story and they are getting donations. I don't have no food in the refrigerator. Like, I've got a kid to feed, you know? Um, And so then 87 was like, oh, well, you could do an accessories brand because I, um, at the time, was still on probation, so I can't be plant touching. I still can't be around the plant. And so I was launching with just accessories. And I've always been an accessory person. The blunt rollers, the grinders, I've always had all those gadgets to consume. And so um, I launched with that. And I think that would be October 29th when I found the LLC um, products officially launched this last August. Um, I'm saying all that to say is that this industry is so exclusive that I'm finally launching a pre-roll and I don't have to have a license to do it. It's a branding 
white labeling deal. Uh, distro buys the pounds, manufacturing doesn't, it goes back to distro. I've never touched the weave. All I'm doing is allowing the manufacturer access to my likeness and my brand, and I'm going to get a cut of it, right? Like, that's how you operate in this business. Why did it take me three years to figure that out? Because everything is stacked against us. Exactly. Because this shouldn't have took that. Like, I just did this pre-roll deal in four weeks. Four weeks. Four weeks top. And I just got the email right now. The design is ready for the labels, hopefully to be in the shelves uh, at the top of the new year or before Christmas. Four weeks. That's it. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't, it didn't take much. And so... Now I'm in this space hoping to share this information as much as possible, um, but realizing that there these opportunities are far and few in between for us, not because we don't want it, not because we don't have the hustle, not because we don't have the grind, but because the information is being kept from us. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do have the accessories there, my babies, but I'll be having some pre-rolls in the store soon, too. I love that because I love me a pre-roll. That, and that's what they tell me. So I'm not a pre-roll person. Ugh. I'm like old school. If you got to roll it, if you didn't see it rolled, you can't smoke it. You know, like all of those uh, stories that we were told. But they say that the pre-rolls sell out the fast. That's what everyone's buying. It's the convenience. Like, honestly, that's what you're paying for. It's, right. And How much do you pay for your pre-rolls? Like, what's a good... Like, what are you not going to pay? It really really depends. And I'm probably not the best person to ask if you're looking for, like, the bottom. Like, what are people's bottom? Because um, I I like variety more than anything. Mm -hmm. So to try something, sometimes, and if I have it, I will spend more money. Yeah. But I love, like, I love, 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 love Jeter's. Um, because you just like the, the quality is there for me and it gets the job done. Um, but then I just found out like one of my favorite brands out here, uh, Coastal Sun, they just started doing pre-rolls too. And they're not infused like the Jeter's, but they're nice and small and there's a bunch of them in the pack. And I'm like, it's, this is more just the convenience from a brand that I like. Yeah. And those, those I know are, I think the pack is somewhere around $20, 25, somewhere around there. And so that is probably like, but then they have some that are like eight bucks for a full grand pre-roll or seven bucks for a full grand pre-roll. And if the name sounds good, I'll try that too. (laughs) (laughs) Cause I mean, you can't beat a good price. Right. Right. And I love, I do love names. Like I, 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 so that's why I said I may not be the best person to ask because I will literally go all over the fucking map. It really mm-hmm. just depends on what I'm looking for. Um, but yeah, I love me a pre-roll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like so. you, you cannot be not having to roll anything. No, like literally no. pulling it out of the pack and lighting it up. If I have pre-rolls, I'm not rolling. That's for sure. Right. And I have like, like to the point where I've almost, I, I haven't stopped buying flour. But I used to buy like four and five different kinds of flour at a time. 
and now I'll buy like one or two, and then the rest is pre rolls. And the rest is pre roll, but you can't roll. So what do you do? Do you pack a cone? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's cool. I think those are cool. Okay. Yeah. And that's how I that's how I find like again because I love choosing strains mm-hmm. off of their names. Yeah. Um, and so if I can't find it in a pre roll, then I'll get and I really want to try it. I'll get the the flower and I'll just roll it myself. But even that, I don't be wanting to do that sometimes. Packing the cone is annoying too. I love packing cones. It actually calms me. But oh. yeah, it like get because I my theory is that it gives me something to control. I, again, those control issues that I have, and so it really like I can sit there and roll or pack like five or six cones and just be zoned out. But since I've gotten hooked on pre rolls, like you still, it doesn't always west uh, uh, outweigh the convenience mm-hmm. of a pre roll. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because that's literally what you're paying for. Yeah, so then that's why I'm starting with pre-roll because yeah. that's what they're saying, that the pre-roll sell. I am a big advocate for a cannabis beverage. Have, What's your are you? Huh? What's your favorite? Oh, my gosh. I found a new one. So I've got lots of favorites, and they're, they're my favorites not for beverage, but because I love their owners. Um, and so Can is one of my favorites. Love Can. Uh, love can love can right yes me too and just everything that they do and so i was on a uh there was a organization uh that started right at the end of the pandemic right after the loss of george floyd uh but it was cannabis for black lives Mm -hmm. and i was on the leadership team and can was a big part of putting that together the uh ceo of can over there and um so anyways it's a great product and they like back the work and we were able to raise money for <laughs> black founders without any without any like real hard effort we raised over 140,000 i think the first year and they wow. went directly to businesses like as a form <laughs> of a- <coughs> wow and we did that with can so i always will always support them I love but can I, because it is. I, I, it makes me feel happy that you say that because I I drink the product obviously, um, and I follow them on social media and I really love their content. Like mm-hmm. I think their content is so freaking amazing. Mm-hmm. But <clears throat> there's always like, especially in today's day and age with brands, like I'm very weary of brands, and so I I, I kind of have like uh, the cynicism to. To them, like, yeah, you say this, but are you really doing it? And so to hear from somebody who doesn't even know how I feel about it and, like, you're just like, no, bam, they're doing what they're saying, that makes my heart feel so amazing. They are absolutely doing it. So much time went into that. And uh, Luke, one of the owners, uh, he, like, donated, not donated, but people from his staff, like, really put in administrative help to – to get it going um and then we invited members uh other organizations like vertosa joined uh candescent i think maybe but they are the ones who donated the funds to go to the director so supernova was our first group and i think we raised like 30 40 000 for them yeah. in like our first go around um, so, so 
But my new favorite drink, I don't even know who these people are. I haven't even looked them up, but I've already gone to the dispensary twice. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't even see. It's Hy-Vee, H-V-Y. Oh, mm-hmm. You know them? Yeah, I heard of it. I, I don't, I may have tried one once, but I definitely know what you're talking about. I don't think because I have there. Oh, yeah. It those is- are the heavy hitters. Listen delicious no i thought you were talking so the one that i thought you were talking about is something different but those heavy hitters i have tried them one um and it was really good i had like a little mini friend event and um, Uh somebody brought those and i took like a sip of one and i was like oh this is good and then i walked away you know being a hostess and they were all gone when i came back (laughs) they were all gone when i came back so i didn't get the full experience no you gotta have a whole one because and do you consume edibles very cautiously very cautiously right so because most of us smokers don't really (laughs) they're very different (laughs) they're very different um but i'm trying to take a break because of my lungs i had gotten the flu like last month and trying to smoke with the sore throat is like death Mm -hmm. so anyways i picked up this mule what I loved was that it tastes good. A lot of people are making cannabis beverages to fit like into the health market. So lots of seltzers or non-sugared beverages. Like, no, this has sugar in it. It was delicious. And I was so high. Like, it was like the good time highs. It's the high that you're not stressing, that you're not working. Yeah. I was going <laughs> to say, like, the, the Jefferson highs. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's what high. that sounds like. I have, and I, so I have one on Thanksgiving and, uh, I'm just minding my own business, but I'm afraid to put it down. Cause you know, a kid will pick up your drinker, you know, like I was, that was just so high anyways, but I am having a good time and I'm drinking my drink. No one knows what I'm doing until my mom says she does something. She eats my whole slice of pie. But anyways, I get the giggles, like how you get the giggles <laughs> when you first started smoking. <laughs> 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 And she looks at me, she's like, you ate an edible, huh? (laughs) She said, these aren't the normal giggles. (laughs) This is is a real giggle. Like, why are you laughing? You're laughing and you can't even breathe. Um, So, yeah, that's my new favorite beverage. I definitely did not have enough because I did not have that experience. But everyone that I talked to says that they are fire. Yes. And there's a uh, black owned dispensary in Oakland right by the across from the Oakland Coliseum called Blunts and More. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tucky Blunts. So I went in there on a Thursday. They do Thirsty Thursdays and they were buy one, get one. Ooh. Yes. So I bought, I bought four because I was still like, oh, I'm just, you know, you can't have these all the time. All four are gone. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm telling you because the ones that I, they were. I was maybe away from the, the kitchen for like 30, 45 minutes. Gone. 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 And they taste good. Like, I can't say that about all cannabis beverages, but this one really tastes good. That's what I liked about the can is that yes. the, their flavors were really good. And like, they were small and it would be perfect. Like my midday pick me up. Like when I was like after lunch and you start getting like the itis, I would right, drink right, one right. of those wake right back up, be super productive. Um, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I really, I need to get some of those. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I love it. And so, yeah, I, um, what was I saying? So I am an advocate for cannabis beverage. Um, I think it's going to help us, like, normalize consumption for folks, you know, everybody's not going to be comfortable with smoking. Um, so I think I'm focusing on pre-rolls because that's what I learned everyone loves, but my next will be a beverage. I love that. Yeah. I love just the different avenues that there are and, like, just knowing that there's so many more out there that haven't even been thought of yet. Been thought of. Yeah. So I am truly in awe of your story and where you're at now. I think it, it makes it that much more like you did the work, you put in the time, you literally put in the time and now you deserve to see the fruits of those labors. Um, And, you know, because we are black women, that means we have to go get it ourselves. It doesn't just come to us because that is our life. But you're not letting that stop you. And if anything, it sounds like you're you're using that as fuel. Um, And I just, I think that's really, truly amazing and beautiful and kudos to you. Um, Thank you. Yeah. So tell us about 87 months and call the weed lady. Um, yeah. So, uh, 87, um, was created really to pay homage to the 87 months that I served in prison. And then, like I said earlier, uh, realizing or diving into this industry and realizing that there's not a space for women, particularly black women. That's when the weed lady was born. Um, because I'm not, you're the weed lady. Like, we're, everyone has their go-to. There's a weed lady in every friend group. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, there, you, you're you the friend that's going to bring the weed. Mm-hmm. Um, and so wanting to make a space for those women, the weed lady was created. Uh, they're both, they're basically one and the same. Um, but it's callthewelady.com. And I'm focusing on brand building more than I am on flower. Um, and that's because brands like cookies is really the only recognizable, at least uh, nationwide, nationwide. Even globally, right? Because even Canada and Mexico will recognize yeah, cookies. cookies. Mm-hmm. And it's because he spent most of his time, much of his time, uh, building that brand. Mm-hmm. And so that is what I'm hoping to do with the Wee Lady, that people uh, are, will be ready to rock a Wee Lady hoodie to sort of like make that statement, um, that people are have the opportunity to even make a statement with a brand that represents them. Because I, I rock with cookies. It's not something that represents who I am. Like I'm not like those hoodies don't speak to me, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's where the Wee Lady came in. And then the nonprofit to feed the the reentry services for women because they do not exist. Um, and not only for the reentry population, but for the reasons that you just named, uh, black women have to go out and get it themselves. It should not have taken me three years to figure out that it only takes four weeks to put a pre-roll on the shelves. Um, and so what took me three years to figure out, I want to create a space that only takes four weeks for the next person. Um, and so like closing that knowledge gap 
Um, but that's all three three brands, 87, The Weed Lady, and Ladies Loving and Living. The mission that you have for your brands is so necessary, so much needed, and I'm glad that somebody who really been who who's been there is able to help others and um I was talking to somebody else about this about how they say that black women can't work together and nice. right and and you're you're disproving that and you they say that you know we can't have we can't be the go-to person that has to be a white man, right? Like in the weed industry, we can't be the face of the weed industry and you're literally proving them wrong. And yeah, I, I saw the billboard. How amazing was that? I know your mom was so proud. Um, how was that, that feeling when you got to first see it? The first, first, first one is the, so there was, there was so much that went behind the billboards, but it felt really good. If I felt really good to have my mom up there, uh, she had to like go through so much during this. Um, but I chose to, to launch the weed is not a crime campaign, uh, with those photos and with those billboards. And that was more, there was more pushback than I thought there would be. Right. And I realized that weed is not a crime is a political statement. And that's mm-hmm. how that's how the advertisement company took it. That's how it was sort of viewed. Um, so I'm happy that I started with that. And I can't wait to find more ways to push that message. Because I, I made sure that the billboards were in the hood. Mm-hmm. So it was speaking to us. Uh, like all of this I realized after the fact, right? Like before it was just weed is not a crime. It's a cute photo shoot. It's up there. But everything that I realized after the fact and my insistence on putting them in the hood, it was I'm talking to OPD right now, right? I, I'm talking to uh my little cousins that's in Oakland that's outside smoking that like we still have to be ashamed like we still have to duck and hide we still get nervous when the police gets behind us and we smell like we like there's all these things that we do that they don't have to ever experience mm-hmm. um and there's still a police force that will consider weed a crime and so the weed is not a crime billboard it did not do what i wanted it did not it was not a good return on investment um but the messaging uh I can't wait to do more with it yeah like I just wait I can't wait till I can afford to do it again I think that like you said it's it's a political statement and it's a statement that needs to be said in our neighborhoods and like I didn't even I didn't even think about you know speaking to the police like you said but I that's a, a great point like hey to see it yeah like this is not just about talking to us it's about talking to other people and letting them know like it's not us who's who's wrong like when you see me smoking it's not wrong right like yeah and that's what it like so i shot the photos my grandfather had just passed i shot the photos on his front lawn and then i shot the photos in Sabrina Park. So I'm in deep east, right? I'm in like the deepest of East Oakland you could be in and shooting these photos on the properties that my grandparents have rooted in Oakland, right? And and 
knowing my journey and what I've been through, and then recognizing that the police will still ride through these same hoods, and this weed is a crime. Mm -hmm. But when I'm up in the dispensary in Berkeley and Piedmont, right. This weed is not a crime. Right. And, it's the same. and so and so I had to stick to my choice of words too. Like I am not calling it cannabis. Like that is nothing but a rebranding of this plant. I mean, I'll call it when I need like I use the word interchangeably, but it's a rebranding to make it okay over here and make weed and marijuana bad. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm very proud of that campaign. Um cost me a pretty penny. Didn't do a return. <laughs> But I'll do it again when I can afford it. <laughs> yeah, and I like how you you highlighted on the the specific wording. Like sometimes I think people forget that uh, words are power, mm-hmm. and that way the way that words are used um, can directly affect that power, yep. in a good way or a bad way. Um, and so I do think that there's an importance in using the word that you feel most comfortable with because obviously mm-hmm. you know it's a personal choice but also not stigmatizing weed weed because i feel like that's what it's always been called like the same thing when i call i, I have a tendency to call it trees trees yeah and people yep. look at me sideways all the time and i'm like but this is what i've always called it but it's always been yeah, like it's always been trees or weed. Cannabis in order to be legal, right? Like that—that's crazy, right? It's always been trees or weed, but now because it's legal, I'm supposed to say cannabis to make you feel better. To make you feel better, yeah. like that—that that is absurd. Like that is so absurd to me. Um, and so yeah, I—I I look for ways to combat that all of the time, like. That, that use of language. Like, I don't agree with the term marijuana for, for many reasons, but my weed and trees, and I feel so weird sometimes, sometimes slipping and using the word cannabis in places that cannabis doesn't belong, right? Right. <laughs> like, because I still got my work voice on, mm-hmm. you know? So I'm like, so yeah, no, I'm I'm proud of that. And hope that we can continue to destigmatize the word weed because weed is directly associated with black and brown people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's it. And, yeah, uh, I don't think I ever called it cannabis before it was legalized. No. And it's crazy because I've seen in my own, with my own eyes, my own hands, newspapers in one column referred to it as cannabis, but in the crime section, referred to it as marijuana. Mm-hmm. And it's like, who is the editor of this paper? Like, do you guys not see the, the like the disparity and the ridiculousness of that? So, um, yeah, that is really the whole mission of the wee lady is to, to reclaim that word and to remove the stigma from the use of the word weed because weed is not a crime. And even the advertising company at the last minute, like literally they put all my billboards up where they were supposed to be, where I paid for them to be. And then that, like they went up on a Monday, that Friday before emailed that a higher up had noticed that they were in school zones where cannabis 
advertisements cannot be, and they stuck all of that. There was supposed to be five. They stuck four, like, behind some railroad tracks on, like, Fruitvale. I'm like, bitch, I sell hoodies. I don't even sell weed. I sell hoodies. But they're so upset by the messaging. Mm -hmm. That they're trying to find any way. That's how I knew I was onto something. Mm -hmm. And that's how I knew I was on. That's when I was like, oh. This is not like this is not this just is, about some hoodies. No, this is not about. I'm just trying to sell some hoodies. Yeah. I'm like, I didn't, I didn't already calculated the return on investment. The billboards are typically render about a two percent uh, click rate. Like I've done all this math to all these sales, and they were so happy that their billboard team put them up in the right locations that Monday morning. Once they realized that they had them taken down and put them in the boonies. Oh, (coughs) so you spent money. You spent money money to pay your men to take these down and put them back up just to put them in different areas. You spent money to do that. That's how I knew oh, this was a message that they don't want to hear. Mm-hmm. Weed is not a crime. Nobody wanted to hear that. Anything but that. Right. To the point where we... And you know, that's that's how you know. When they start putting their money up to fix, to mm-hmm. silence or fix, quote unquote yeah. fix, whatever it is that you're saying, because they don't let go of their money for no reason. No. And it was the photo that they suggested. Well, can you just do the logo? Like, So it was the photo of a black girl me, you know what I'm saying, saying weed is not a crime. Like, that was too much for them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was too much. So I'm going to do it again. Yeah. But I, <laughs> I love that. That was too much for them. So I'm going to do it again. It was too much for them. So I'm going to do it again. I love that. Energy. Sure. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Yes. I for love sure. that so much. Um. So, um, so, you you were obviously again directly impacted by the criminalization of weed. Um, how did you feel about Biden's? Uh, <laughs> the eyes just rolled so hard in the back of her head. I know y'all can't see it, but let me tell you <laughs> about his pardon for simple. Yeah. So this this is. This is another realization in my uh, career that I appreciate it because part of being in prison and watching these announcements, you are unheard and unseen in prison. Like they do a really good job. Most people don't even know that there is a prison in their backyard. Like they do a really good job of hiding prisons, you know, in jail. So you are really unheard and unseen. And so I was in prison when legalization happened and nobody Mm. gives a fuck about your opinion how'd that feel and you're watching it i watched it on tv they were interviewing uh some dispensary owners in beverly hills the beverly hills cannabis club two white blonde hair blue-eyed women and they asked the ladies how is business and she looked at the camera looked directly at my black ass and in prison and was like business is booming Mm. 
and you're unheard and you're unseen. So Biden makes his announcement and I am just as angry and just as unheard and unseen. And then the next day, the Associated Press hit me and was like, we'd like to hear your comments. And I was like, yes, let me tell you how I feel about Biden's announcement. That was the biggest piece of bullshit I had heard in a long time. I rather, like, I'm jaded. So I recognize my energy about that announcement is jaded. I don't have any faith in uh, our criminal justice system. But his use of wording let me know that he was completely intentional with not helping anybody. There's nobody in federal prison for simple marijuana possession. Simple marijuana possession is you got picked up by the police because you had a joint on you or you had a baggie on you. That's what simple possession is. You don't make it to the feds because you had a joint in your pocket. If anybody picked you up for that, that was a state offense. And President Biden, you don't have any uh, authority over state prisons and state jails. But you do have authority over the people that are still in federal custody for selling or attempting to sell cannabis Mm. or marijuana whatever you intend to call it, President Biden. But I have a co-defendant right now, uh, Parker Coleman, who is serving a 60-year prison sentence for his involvement in my case. Uh, He served 10 of them. He went in when he was 19. So he's already lost all of that. He's been in prison for 10 years. He has another 50 years to go. And you didn't have any relief for him? Wow. Like you have to watch that in prison. Like there are inmates who are in prison right now with nothing but weed and they have to watch that announcement. And Biden's like, we're going to pardon. And everybody who's been in this system knows that you pardoned nobody, but everybody in this industry and the world will clap and applaud and really think that something just happened. And so you continue to push this false narrative that people are not in prison. And the further you push that narrative, the further away people continue to think about the people who are actually still in prison. I shock so many people when I'm like, I just got out of prison. Or do you know people are still in prison? People really thought that legalization meant that people were released from prison and they weren't. Um, and there's it, there's an estimated like 40,000 people still in prison for marijuana. Uh, there's people doing life. My partner, uh, Corvain Cooper, was just pardoned from a life sentence for this plant. Michael Thompson just got out after doing 25 years. Humberto just got out, thank goodness, on an early release. But he had just gotten six years in Michigan. Like, there are people still in prison. And people, I have a homie. I say homie because I want to say friend, but he's not my friend. (laughs) (laughs) But there should be a better word than homie. (laughs) So I have someone who was just arrested recently uh, and sat down in the jail for a whole month waiting to even get a bond because he got picked up with like two pounds in the car. Like today. But I just went and bought three pounds, and I'm, I'm going to have a pre-roll on the show mm-hmm. in four weeks. So it's the same pound. It's the same plant. Um, so I, all of that to say, Biden's announcement really, really pissed me off. 
I don't know. And see, and this is why I really wanted to ask somebody who literally has been impacted, like what they're, I'm very much like, I want all the facts. I want to go to the source. And so I'm like, I need to ask somebody who has actually been affected. And I've seen different reasons why this wasn't a great thing and why it was and why it doesn't really help and why it did. I don't know that I, or at least can't remember that I saw anybody talking about the fact that if you are in federal prison, it's not for simple possession. No. I don't think no. anybody has like actually, and when you said it, I was like, I fully, uh, I fully believe that because you're not going, that's a state charge. That's a, so so there's one loophole. The Washington DC residents don't have state jails. And so if you got if you get picked up as a DC resident for anything, if you get picked up for shoplifting, if you get picked up for anything, it's federal. So those people will be in federal holding facilities or federal jails or federal prisons. Um that's it. Like, so you may have affected a couple of, so it was estimated originally that his pardon would affect like 6,500 people, which is a small number when you're talking about prison population. But I think since then it's dropped to like the hundreds, like just like a couple hundred people will be uh, affected because a pardon extends jail time. A pardon is for your record. So it could be affecting people who are not in prison. A pardon is just, it's going to remove it from your record. So it could have been someone who got picked up for simple possession in DC five years ago that will now have that cleared off his record and bless or her record. But in blessing, it's nice to have your record clear, but. And I think that was probably you the. Get on the podium. You didn't need to get on the podium and say that, sir. Like, that wasn't, like, podium-worthy news. Right. And and I think that was the distinction that I saw the most, was that it would really only help people in D.C., mm-hmm. um, and that it wouldn't actually get people out of jail, but clear the records of most of the people who are already out of jail. So it's, not, yeah. it's still not impacting. Um, but, again, I never thought of it like, that number is even smaller because... You don't get federal, normally you don't get federal charges for simple possession. Just that, like you said, words are, the wording was very intentional. when I watched him say it, I knew immediately. Because you're not just going to say simple possession if if, if that wasn't an important part of your your sentence and your agenda. It was intentional. What angered angered me was, it's so many people who who were not going to pick that up and really believe until you said it until you said it and like i i saw i was maybe on the fence like i saw the positives but i also saw what it didn't do and i saw that those things kind of outweigh the positives now again this is coming from somebody who wasn't impacted in any way so it's a lot easier for me at least to say that they outweigh but I never thought, like, I feel like that, what you just pointed out for me would be the tipping point of this ain't shit. Does that make sense? Right. Like, that would be right. the straw. Or that right. is the straw for me to say, okay, this isn't really what I thought it was. Right. And, and it's and so the, simple. It's something so simple. 
but but intentional and like that's yes. what makes me so upset is that it was so intentional and and the the what is supposed to be the brighter side is well at least he's setting the his tone and his attitude about cannabis to other states and to other yes he is he the tone that he's setting it's people who just have one joint on them right Right. Like he still so he even still set a tone of only if you got one or two joints on you. Like it, it in no way did the comment free the plant. If if anything, it could have deterred some states who were thinking about it or some governors or some are are some people in charge of sentencing someone, right? Like it could have even put it on their mind now that, oh, simple possession is okay the rest of this is not right when and before he who's really arrested for simple possession nobody right Literally. and the 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 people who are really impacted are the bigger charges and those tend to be black and brown people so even if you are pardoning the simple quote unquote simple possession most of our people aren't in jail for those charges anyways no because when they get to us, we've got something extra. Like, and and that's another thing about about a cannabis charge is that most of the time, cannabis or the smell of it is used as a uh, entryway to search your car, pull you out the car, detain. Like they, it's really the excuse, right? Um, but then they find something else in the car, and then there's this, and so you have all these other charges that they're able to get up off of the criminalization of this plant, mm-hmm. um, which is a, is another issue. So yeah, his statement in so many ways was wrong. Um, I did understand that it it was his attempt to help Brittany Griner, um, but it's like Biden. I'm sorry, you won't be able to help Brittany if you don't get Parker Coleman out of jail. Like you can't have your own people in jail in your backyard. And and even get into that discussion with Russia. Well, I mean, and you can't do the bare minimum and expect to get what you want. Like literally, this is probably even like I feel like I'm really looking at this with exactly like completely new eyes. You have given me on this specific subject or topic, um, which is why I wanted to ask. Um, Yeah. But like you said, it's not even the bare minimum. Because Because it's like a line that is like, you're not going to affect almost anything. Like It would have been better to just get up there and encourage states to decriminalize this plant. I didn't smoke too much weed with you. Decriminalize this plant. And been done. And, And not actually affected anyone, but at least let that have been the message that this is what I encourage this country to do, mm-hmm. right? As as we figure it out federally, but to pinpoint that that one thing, I think it tips some I, some people's ideas to the other side of right. it's a well, worse it's message okay. than saying nothing almost. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah. because you've given some other people fuel, and Biden, you know, states like Texas. They don't even respect you. So some of those states immediately was like, nah. So, so now you've given them an opportunity to stand firm in their nah. Mm-hmm. When you could just shut up. And nobody was even talking about it. And let the people, let us build and do what we do and how we have legalized across this country. More states are now legalized than not. 
you gave some states the opportunity to be like, no, no, because I don't even fuck with you. Right. Just on the basis <laughs> we don't fuck with you. Just on the, just on the basis that we don't fuck with you. Because I'm pretty sure that's exactly what Texas said. Exactly, because they have already legalized hemp. And their hemp in Texas is a booming crop. It's no way that they don't see the value in that, in those tax dollars and that money. But you made this statement. They had to say, nah. Yep. Like, so. This is why I hate politics and why I... Me too. It makes me anxious. Because it just doesn't like it just doesn't make sense to me. Like why go through all this bullshit when you can just go directly to go. Like straight through go. Please collect two thousand dollars. But you wanna go the complete ass backwards way and buy a boardwalk when you ain't even got park place yet. You ain't even got you ain't even you can't even afford it. Look, you can't even afford Baltic Avenue. No. Have you watched Handmaid's Tale? No, and it's on my list of things to watch, and I say that about a lot of things. But also, I was thinking about starting it, and then literally the world started fucking imploding, and it got way too real or way too similar. And so I was like, nah. You got no, you got to be prepared. So that's that's what came to my mind when we're talking about Texas and politics. Like, watch Handmaid's Tale. Oof, Jesus. My gosh. Well, you know, I'm very, very glad that I asked you that question because again, I really, I haven't asked, I haven't asked a person or researched through a person who mm-hmm. has actually been in the system and so could, could or could not possibly affect this. Like you're going to look at this with a completely different eye, obviously mm-hmm. a, a lot more knowledgeable eye um, than someone like me who has not. And mm-hmm you have absolutely changed the way that I've looked at this. Like I said, I was never, oh, yay, whoa, let's go. But I'm definitely on the side of this really didn't do shit. And you Mm -hmm. probably would have been better off keeping your mouth shut. But I will also say that I'm still hopeful. I'm always hopeful for actual progress. Right, right. Well, good for you. I am never hopeful. Look, (laughs) That's okay. That we we balance each other out. That's that's what's happening here. Right, right, yes. right. I am, and which is why I'm focusing on selling hoodies. Because when when they say y'all can't have y'all weed at the store no more, y'all gonna still want a weed lady hoodie. See, there you go. <laughs> Got that entrepreneur in mind. Yes. Right. Well, I a hundred percent appreciate you coming through, and this has been so much fun. I feel like I have learned so much just from your story and your energy and. You are someone who has been through a lot, but look nothing like you've been through. And um, your energy is absolutely amazing. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm very glad that I went to therapy to work on my confidence so that I could reach out to somebody like you because it has absolutely been worth the anxiety attack I had before I hit send. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't have anxiety and... And thank you for having me. Thank you for creating this platform. And just go through knowing that most of us are wanting to share, you know? And so it's really, it's not you asking someone to be on. It's you inviting them to share their experience, to share their brand, to share their story. Um, And so so you are you're creating an opportunity for us. And so thank you for doing that. I love that reframing that yeah. you just did there for me. And um, 
yes, I'm again, I'm working on reframing things and, and, and trying not to be so hard on myself and the reframing of it's not me asking, it's me inviting you to come on and well, have a platform as well. Um, yeah. Makes it a little less terrifying. <laughs> so I appreciate that. Um, before we get out of here, we always end the show with a random ass question because okay. what is highness without randomness, right? So I have a list of questions numbered four through 20. You can pick a number and I will ask you that question. 14. Mm. If you could invite three people to dinner, who would they be, dead or alive? No, better yet, dead. Dead? Yeah. Hmm, that's easy. Uh, my stepmom. I lost her while I was in prison. It is the toughest part about my journey through prison is not is losing a parent and not being at their bedside, right? Mm -hmm. So if I could invite her all three times for three different reasons for three different dinners, she would get all three invites. Um, if I had to choose, it would, it would all be from my bloodline. It, I, I feel so connected to the family that came before me that I didn't get to meet. So it would probably both be both of my grandmothers on my mom's side and my dad's side. So Sarah and tiny and my stepmom. And if they could cook the dinner, <laughs> <laughs> even better, better. Um, so yeah, that that would be my dream dinner. But I love that you asked me that question because I uh, grew up eating my stepmom's rice and gravy. Like my dad always tells the story that I wouldn't eat. And she would just make me rice. I would just eat rice and gravy. And all through adulthood, rice and gravy, I barely can make gravy. I made some the other night. I sat down. It tastes just like her gravy. I almost cried. That is amazing. So if she could cook the dinner, I will be at dinner with her. Yeah. You know, that was her. That was her saying, hey, I'm right here with you. Yes. Oh, she does all the time. So mm -hmm. I'm, I'm grateful. But that was definitely her gravy. And the trick was onions. I was like, oh, that's why you had all those big old onions in there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. If, I'm not a huge gravy person, but I don't know if I've ever had just rice and gravy. We always ate uh, butter and sugar on the rice. Oh, honey, rice and gravy, and that's and, and it's all my daughter eats. So <laughs> I'm like, so she'll she'll sit there and like have to like suffer through my gravy. But that one, we were. <laughs> She's like, yes, yes, yes. I'm happy to try yes. it. It sounds like a very nice wintry meal. Yes, I made gumbo last night, so Ooh. it's like you know just. Anything with rice right now. Now, gumbo. Mm -hmm. My mama talking about having gumbo for Christmas. I said, oh, yay. I'm so excited. <laughs> I, made, I made something on a Sunday night. It's Look, like grand last night. That but, sounds yeah. so good. I think if I had to um, have dinner, or not had to, but if I had to choose three people, Whitney Houston would definitely be one because I just feel like we would have a wonderful party together. Um, maybe Lisa Left Eye Lopez because I feel like she would be very spiritual and mm -hmm. a, a, an amazing spiritual guide, guide, and her guide, guide, just guide, guide. guide. yeah. I think okay. just <laughs> now I've smoked too much, <laughs> and the fourth one, I mean, fourth, 
Good Lord. <laughs> the third one, I don't know who the third one would be because, um, yeah, I don't got a third one. You don't got it. Whitney's at the top. Whitney's the only celebrity I really cry for and still get really sad about. Um, but in real life, it would be Whitney, Beyonce, and Chris uh, Jenner. That's interesting. Oh, I got Chris Jenner on my bucket list. Yeah, she said, I got questions. I got questions. <laughs> I, like, I know I'm not supposed to be chasing the map, but I feel like her map is like a good map. <laughs> <laughs> At least we can take some, you know, cut the same corners here. You know, take a left here like she did. Go right after that, but you know. At least, you know. You know. So I feel like I feel like uh, Chris got a map that I would like to see. You sure. know, like on Waze, when or or like Apple yes. Maps, like when it's telling you to go one way, but you know that you can go a different way and still get to that same place. Yep. Yeah, yep. that's where you go your way, and then the other ways that you're not sure, you can like maybe try this her way. I'll try this her way. Yeah. yeah. I, I can see I, that. Yes. I, I think I think she's done amazing. Uh so I would love. Yeah. I think I think if I had to talk to somebody else, the third one, it would probably be uh Erica, but she's still alive. But again, I really want that like spiritual Badu. guidance to yeah, Erica Badu to um like just help me find me. Yeah, listen. I am, there's no bigger Beyonce fan than me. No, I mean, like, they don't exist. <laughs> I went and seen, and I've seen Beyonce five, however many times she's been here. I went and seen Erica Badu for the first time, and the sight of her brought tears to my eyes. <laughs> I've never cried looking at Beyonce. <laughs> <laughs> the emotions were in the room. I, right, I probably would if I, you know, got to shake her hand, but Watching Erica walk on the stage, just like, I was just like, oh, just like filled with like this awe of her. I have always loved her. And it is that, like that guidance that like that lady's music has carried me. So I already know that she's got some, she's got a map, you Mm -hmm. know, Um, but her presence moved, just her presence moved me and I Mm -hmm. wasn't even front row. You know what I'm saying? I believe it. I believe it. Yeah, because I, I would just, we could just sit and talk and, yeah. like, just be, like, I, whatever you want to say, I'm going to listen. Just pour I, into me, queen, please. Please. Yes, please. yes. No, I'm with you on that. That lady definitely moved me. Mm-hmm. And she was three hours late, so I was, I had an attitude. <laughs> I was mad. And still brought I, forth tears. Immediately. She hadn't even sang a song yet. <laughs> she hadn't even said nothing yet. Yes. That sounds about right. That sounds about right. Uh, yes. So I want to say thank you one more time for coming through. Um, if you want to tell the people where they can find you real quick. Yes. Uh, on Instagram at 87 months. On uh, the website is the best way to reach us. Call the You no longer have to call the weed man. You don't got to fake fake flirt with nobody you don't gotta get nobody your number just call the lady.com i do have delivery if you're in the bay area um what else uh that's it all right 87 months on instagram call the lady.com shop for all of your high essentials and we'll put all those uh 
uh, tags in the show notes. And like I said, I think that sums up another episode of Bluntly Black Girls. Thank you again to my smoker sister, Evelyn. And you guys can follow us at Bluntly Black Girls on IG, Bluntly BLK Girls on Twitter, and visit the website at www.bluntlyblackgirls.com. Comment, rate, subscribe, talk to us. Let us know your thoughts on Biden's proposal. Has Evelyn changed your mind? Because she definitely changed mine. And smoke a blunt, drink your water, and fuck what anybody got to say about being a bluntly black girl. And we're out. I, that's when I do my best work. Mm-hmm. Three o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. Go to bed, but please don't bother me before 10 a.m. And like... And I got up for this 30 minutes before I was like, okay, go put a little mascara on. Well, look at you making me feel good because I literally just put on a bra. <laughs> like, I it was 11.55 and I was like, okay, I guess we should like put these away. <laughs> right. just, just pick up one of them. So I'm glad that we're on the same page. <laughs>